What is up? What is up, folks? We are back with another Takeover podcast each and every Wednesday at noon. And today I have I have the pleasure of having my good friend Milton James on this show. For those of you that don't know Milton James, he is a workaholic, but it's because he's such a good uh, goal achiever is what I like to look at it. So Milton, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? Dan, what's up, brother? Good man, things are great, man. So let's let's talk about your history, man, because I pulled up your numbers and your stats look really good for last year. So what we've got on paper is like well over seventy-seven transactions last year, and uh, you're just you're just crushing it, man. So let's. How long have you been doing this for? Because I know that you have like a very uh, disciplined routine for your day and your week. But how long have you been in this real estate game? Yeah, this is uh, year ten slash eleven. We're going on eleven. That's amazing. So you've been through a lot of the industry. And so that we're going to talk about that today. But let's talk about what's gotten you to this point, right? Because let's let what does a day or a week in Milton James's life look like right now? Because I know you're very disciplined. Well, you know, I try to be disciplined, Dan. I mean, you know, discipline creates freedom is one of the things we learned. A lot of people don't understand that, right? Because it, it really comes down to the notion that um, you can work as hard as you want and as much as you want, but the reality is you're not actually free until you create uh, a system and a schedule. So what does your daily schedule look like um, start to finish? Because I know that you're, you've got a list of calls and we'll get into your systems for that, but what does your average day look like from start to finish for you? Yeah, you know, so um, I read once that uh, millionaires wake up at five. So, you know, I want to be a millionaire, so I try to wake up at five. Um, you know, 5.15 is when I get out of bed. I, I've given myself some grace, you know, stay in the bed on the social for like 15 minutes. Um, and then 5.30, I want to be on my way driving to the gym, um, which, you know, I've got some good accountability partners that uh, I got to text a picture. You know, if, I, if I'm not in the car, I owe her 100 bucks, which is, which is pretty uh, insane. And then, uh, you know, start working out at 6, uh, finish around 7 get on a relay call around 7.30, and then be on phones by 8, 8.30, the latest. And then so, you know, finish, off around, finish off around noon. So one thing I like that you said, and I, I think this is important for people to notate, the thing that I took from this is the accountability and how you how yeah. serious you take it, right? I mean, that $100, it's a $100 bet, mm -hmm. right? If you don't send a screenshot or a picture that you're at the gym. Or that yeah, it's, on your $100, it's $100 per day. So if I... You know, in three weeks, um, you know, I've, I've given her a hundred bucks once because I was five minutes late and um, I was glad to pay it because, you know, uh, I've got a personal goal to, to get, you know, 10% body fat and you know, look better in a suit. And, um, you know, that that was the end of the second week. And it was the first time in, in five years I went to the gym five days a week for two weeks in a row. And so I was I was happy to pay it because it was it was a level of accountability that I was able to reach because of the pain of the $100 a day. So I really love that. It's it's something that a lot of people need to understand that you need to put your money where your mouth is. I say it all the time. Honestly, yeah. I, I tell, and this is any industry, any sales industry, when any of their leaders or team leaders or coaches or anybody's like, oh, you know, my people aren't doing this or they're not doing that. I have a saying, and yeah. I, it's not a fun one, but I say hit them in their pocket once and they'll never do it again, right? 100%. So, I, I truly love that. That is awesome. So your calls, they start at 8 a.m. When do you stop calling? Like, you know, how does that look like? Yeah, you know, there's, there's really two uh, realities, uh, Dan, as you know. There's the reality of 
you know, it's January 1st, let's say, and, you know, I want to, I want to sell a hundred homes. I want to sell 150 homes. And, um, we've got this big goal, right? So the re the first reality is the, the, the fantasy world, which is the goal, you know, a seller says, I want a million bucks. But then the second reality is the reality, like what you actually execute. So, you know, my perfect day, which I'll be honest with you, I don't follow 90% of the time. I mean, 10% of the time I, I have a perfect schedule. I'll probably had two perfect days this year and we're, we're at the end of the first quarter. So a perfect day, you know, I'm, I'm waking up at five. I'm looking at my schedule, but five, five thirty to six, uh, ideally I just say six to seven is the gym. That's the actual, but ideally five thirty to six is the gym, six thirty to seven dress up and, you know, uh, you're a Tony Robbins guy. So, uh, I, I, I told myself dress up and get in the state, show up. 7.30 to uh, 7 to 7.30, drive and jam, you know, put on some Drake or something. Uh, 7.30, have an intense role play and an 8 to 12 prospect for a qualified appointment. So from 8 to 12, you're prospecting. Who are you prospecting? How do you get that information? Like, I know your system. I need, if you don't want to give some of your secrets, because I know I know how good you are at what you do. So if you gotta, if you don't want to give all your secrets away, man, we are totally understandable. But how does that look like? Yeah. Like, what would it? Where would they get this information to, to prospect? Like, who are you? Well, let's start yeah. with this. Who are you calling? Are you calling sellers? Or are you calling buyers? Fair enough. Well, number one, understand, and you know this. There are no secrets anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I've had people shadow me and listen to me, and I'm in, I'm in a closet right now. And they're like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" But then they'll they'll never do it, right? So I'm an open book because most people won't ever. Uh, they're not willing to do what I do every day, right? So that which creates confidence, by the way. So yes. You know, a lot of people say I'm, I'm arrogant or come off cocky. My mom used to say that actually, but when they start seeing the results, then they're like, "Oh, okay." Which, by the way, you said 77 homes on the MLS. We actually closed 93 last year. Yeah. I knew that there was like a gap. I knew there was a gap of something that wasn't on the books. So Yeah, well, well because they put half like transactions, right? So like my buyer's agent who sold 17 homes last year, he he, he made a, just about 90, or excuse me, 100K. Um, half of his deals were, you know, so we just tracked the unit and then the number of commission I personally made. Right, gotcha. so... So you primarily um, well, well, call it buyers or sellers between eight and twelve. Thank you. Yeah. So I spent all day pretty much uh, calling, you know, trying to reach out to sellers. Um, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, the, I'm coached by a, a wonderful uh, organization called the Ferry Organization, and, and actually, Mike Mike is my coach, and and I also get the good fortune of coaching with a, a gentleman named Ira Nadich. And um, one of the things we learned in my Ferry Organization is if you uh, if you if you spend all your time looking for a buyer, then what do you have to look for in this market? Uh, a seller, right? You got to, especially in this market, you got to look for inventory. Mm -hmm. So we found that if, if we found, if we spent, you know, hundred percent of our time looking for sellers, uh, for example, my buyer's agent is right here on the other side of this wall and he spends his entire day looking for sellers. And the reason that's important is if we find a seller, then do buyers find uh, us, right? That would be the question. So buyers find us. So if we find sellers, um, buyers will just call us directly. And and they'll always cheat on their realtor, unfortunately. <laughs> it happens, it happens, it really does. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important to note is that you, 
you know, we talked about confidence and, and coming off as arrogant. I, I have an intern assistant, right? And she's yeah. helping me with social media because that's why my reels and my TikToks are are, are awesome. out. It's not me, it's her. But the reality is sometimes we're filming and she's like, hey, can you not say it that way? And I'm like, I this is yeah. why you are my intern assistant because yeah. to you and me, it's just the confidence factor. For you and me, it's we, we're confident, we know what we're doing, and we know we're doing it right. But sometimes sure. the words just come out a little bit differently than most people would expect. So I, I, I yeah. agree with you. I think a lot of people should be more confident in, in, in their everyday aspect. I mean, that's why I wear gold shoes because I'm like, you know what? I can go show a $4 million building or a $2 million home with my yeah. gold sneakers, right? But um, I think it's important. I'm not that confident. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will tell you that I think it's important to note that this confidence breeds better relationships with uh, your clients, right? Because you're right. I mean, buyers, buyers will leave buyers agents at any given moment, especially in this market when yeah. it is a seller's market and they have an opportunity, right? But I believe that if you are confident, enough as the two of us are which probably is going to come out wrong but <laughs> buyers will tend to leave you less right mm -hmm. so i think that's important to notate that you guys have to really have that aspect when i first started some uh agents would ask me they're like hey you know how do you get over the obstacle of somebody asking you like how long you've been in the industry and i was like mm -hmm. i don't get that question i you know it must be the confidence it must be something in the education the knowledge or what i say but i don't yeah. get that question so if you're getting that question you have to ask yourself why so I love that about it. So what does the rest of your day look like? Let's say you prospect from 8 to 12 with a bunch of sellers and you, you acquire mm -hmm. a listing. What does the rest of your day after 12 p.m. look like? Yeah, that's a great, probably the most important question. And, and it's such a simple answer. Um, if In fact, that's probably the biggest takeaway I, I, I'd like everyone to take away, whoever's watching this. As you know, real estate is messy. You know, so we, we, we get all the stuff we got to do. And, you know, I had a coach, uh, his name is Steve Powers. He used to tell me, Milton, your job every day is to leave the tribe and go hunt buffalo. Okay. The second you find buffalo, you can come back to the tribe and you can play on, on tribe ship. But until you found the buffalo, you can't play, Milton. Okay. So, and I say that to say, what's our job every day? For example, uh, if I were to ask you, what, what's your job every day as a, as a realtor, real, real estate sales associate? Because that is actually uh, the title of our license is sales associate. Everyone forgets that. So what's your job every day? So I actually have a very similar theory and thought process to you. My day does not end until I achieve one of three things, right? So mm. I'm either achieving a new listing, a new buyer mm. under contract, or a new recruit. If I do not achieve any of those three things, my day does not stop, right? Sure. Now me, yeah. don't get me wrong. If I get a contract early enough in the day, I'm going to continue. So I'm on the same thought process as you, but a lot of yeah. people don't look at it in that manner, right? Yeah, for sure. So, so you know, my, I say eight to 12, but there, again, you know, you got the plan versus the reality. The plan is to spend all day setting an appointment. So my job is to set an appointment. Everything else kind of flows from there. Because if, if I set an appointment a day, uh, you know, how many is that a week? Yeah. You know, and, then, and if you look at if you look at a, a month, we got you know 20 work days because I don't work weekends. Uh, we got 20 days and you know, typically we keep half. So if we keep half of the appointments we set. That's 10. And, you know, a guy like you, you go meet 10 people. And, and, you know, how many of those listings will you take out of 10? You know, usually 
average agent, let's say two to five, you know, still, that's a, still a strong agent who listings a month, it's 24 deals. But, um, you know, at this point I'm taking seven or eight out of 10 in the same amount of time. So the goal every, every day is to set an appointment, you know, a seller appointment. So, so I say that to say at 12, uh, sorry, you were, were no, you no, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. I didn't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So after 12, you know, I have lunch and then I have a little, a small staff, you know, I've got an assistant, uh, her name is Andrea. She does a job. And then I've got a, a buyer's agent. His job is to, his job every day is to service the buyers. You have extraordinary customer service to our buyers. And Andrea's one job every day is to give extraordinary customer service to our current clients and our current uh, listings. That, you know, I'm very simple. Um, you know, I've got a low GPA from high school and college, 2.4. And so we, we, we figured if we just simplify everything to the minute detail of it, it would be, it would be really hard to mess one thing up and it gets messed up all the time. So, so, you know, after 12, if I don't have any appointments after that staff meeting, you know, at 12, um, then one to six, I'm either on an appointment or searching for an appointment. So essentially just repeat the morning. So let's let's talk about what you were just saying with Dre, because, um, I, you know, I'm curious what your thought is on the biggest mistake that sales associates or sales brokers or agents or realtors. What is the biggest mistake you see them making every single day or every week? I mean, listen, uh, it's my personal opinion. Uh, it's it's my only uh, I only say that because I'm not right. I don't know the truth. Even the system I follow may not you know, may not be the absolute truth because there's some great agents, as you know, in the market, just crushing it, doing something completely different. Um, but in my opinion, based on my uh, experience, it, the biggest, biggest, the biggest mistake would be trying to grow too quickly. And I say my personal opinion because I'm guilty, right? So I've tried hiring two, three, four buyers agents and, and, and have no staff. I was just talking to a gentleman who has four agents and he has no assistant, which makes him the assistant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, we try to grow sales people too quickly. Um, uh, but the biggest solution to that would be to try to get your personal production to a level where you can afford one assistant, then two assistants, then three assistants, then four assistants, you know, so that that's probably the best solution. Problem is start with staff, not sales team in my opinion. So I said it the other day with, uh, I was with Rebecca and Josh Soto and, and they kind of drew it out of us at a seminar where I said that some of the best tools that um, we have, right, are people, not necessarily like CRMs or systems or leads. And that's in line with that. And I think a lot of people overlook the fact that you have, you can't do everything yourself. It's just impossible, right? You have to leverage yeah. other people, but you have to be smart about it. And so i yeah. I'm fully behind what you just said. So let's talk about um, maybe a hidden secret or maybe something that you see realtors or agents or brokers that they um, aren't doing that they should be doing on a regular basis. 100%. Uh, what's the biggest problem in real estate right now? Inventory. Yeah. And so what do you think the biggest solution would that be or would be to that big problem? I think in me personally, I, I mean, this is my, my belief. I don't think uh, they're prospecting enough. That, that's hundred percent. Yeah. The reason we have such a big inventory is because last year we had such a big year in real estate. Most of us made more money than we can possibly imagine. 
I mean, my income practically doubled or tripled, right? So, and, and I, I had a really good income before, right? So um, we start looking at the money we made and we're like, oh, well, I'm really good. And then we, we, we take credit when really the credit was due to the market. And so, you know, we, we work with these buyers. We got a past client who calls us, so they want to buy a million dollar house. Great. You get the social media post, but then you don't call the neighbors. You don't, you don't call your database. You don't tell people that you did, uh, you know, this amazing sale. You, most of us think we could just post it. And then the, the people that know us will see it and then call us. Does a seller ever call you? <laughs> and when they call you, what, what do we do with the price? We underprice it or overprice it? Well, yeah, that's, it, that strategy is crazy. I, I think a lot of <laughs> that strategy, right? Yeah. And then you lose a friend because you overpriced it. You took a short listing at a low commission. Then a guy like me calls him on a Monday and says, hi, I'd like to see your house. And we're, we're walking out with the contract at 1 p.m. And then now he's my past client. So, the, so then the, the biggest, uh, the secret, I guess, would be, you know, the issue is we don't call our database. We don't we don't tell the neighbors uh, that we sold a house. That, that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. I think the follow up with the neighbors is so important. And I think prospecting. I, that's why, you know, I really that's why when I reached out to you, I was like, I got to have Milton on this call. He's the prospecting king. Like it's I just had to get some of your info and some of your brain out there, because I yeah. think that I don't I this is my personal belief. I think that a lot of our industry is not honest with themselves. They're just not. Yeah. Like you said, I think a lot of people are like, oh, look, I, I sold this. Oh, I put, I just yeah. listed this. I just put this under contract. And then yeah. what, what happens afterwards? I think that they yeah. stop once they achieve that goal. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, man. Like, so I, I tell my buyer's agent right now, you know, we, we get calls every day. Like I get calls. Hey, Milton, I got this buyer. Uh, they're looking for this type of home. Do you have anything? And these are professional realtors in our market, which are our friends. Like I love that call and it makes me feel good ego satisfying but instead of making that call to me and like 10 other listing agents which there's some phenomenal listing agents in this in this market and when i say listing agent i mean pure listing agent like i won't touch a buyer like you could give me 10 grand to work a million dollar buyer i will not do it and so pure listing agents so let's say an agent calls 10 agents instead of calling those 10 agents why not call you know for example you're you're a buyer you're looking in, you know, Dan, if you were to move, where would you go next? Yeah. I, so I would love to go to Claremont. My wife doesn't want to leave Conway. So we're kind of stuck. Claremont here. or Condo. Got it. So are you guys going to move? Is she going to move to Conway? Are you going to move to Claremont or are you guys yeah, going no, to move I, to one area together? <laughs> we're going to stay here because the wife makes those decisions. You know how it works. Yeah. So you're, you're looking in Conway. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you're, you're, let's say you're a Zillow call because I, I subscribe to Zillow, which, you know, so, uh, you know, we're talking mm -hmm. about Conway. So it sounds like Conway, you know, Dan, I just sold a house in Conway. It, it had four bedrooms, two bathrooms. It was on a lake. We had multiple offers. Um, is there a particular neighborhood you'd like to live in? So I think I just want to be on the north side of Lake Conway. I'd also like, like to be on the lake. I, I personally, Perfect. the wife doesn't like the lake, but she's comfortable with with us being on the north side of Lake Conway. So I, that's where I would love. I don't have a specific neighborhood though. So north side of Lake Conway? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Size of the house matter to you? So I, it's gotta be at least 2,600 square feet. I need at least four bedrooms, okay. if not five, like with, or four with a flex. Yes, yes, that, with a flex? Yeah, yeah, because I need yeah, an office. I need, 
I'm a nerd. I'm a video gamer. I play my video games. The wife always tells me I need soundproofing, so I need at yeah, least a yeah, flex. Yeah. yeah. Okay, guy, we'll get you a flex. Okay, so here, here's the good news. There are no homes for sale. No, it's true. I, I, I've been looking. I've, I've looked. Yeah. I haven't seen anything. Yeah, luckily, you're talking to the, a great salesperson. I'm going to find you a home, Dan. Is that okay? I would love it. I mean, how how quickly do you think that'll be? How are you going to... I mean, I, I just need one. You know, this is what I need in the next six months. It'll take me a week to find a list of homes for you to look at. Fair enough? Fair enough. I, I really... how A week, you say? It'll take a week. I'll call you back Friday, all right? Okay, cool. Sounds like a plan. Perfect. So calls over. So now I got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to do what? Prospect and call all the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. And if I find one neighbor that says, yeah, I'd consider selling. What do we have now? It's, it's an L word that most people don't like to say out loud. I don't know. Lead. Now we got a lead. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, like, we never called. I was like leverage. <laughs> yeah. And we never call the leads, do we? No, a lot of people don't. Yeah, we sit on them thinking they're going to call us. Yeah. Yeah, we call that false sense of security. So then, you know, let's say I show Dan the house. Dan doesn't like it. So I call the lead back on Monday. I don't know what's wrong with Dan. He doesn't like your house, but I, he was going to come in low anyway, dude. So here's what I think. I mean, the market's doing this. There's no inventory. You could probably get 450 If you can get 450 would you sell your house? Uh, you know, I think, I think at 450, I think, you know, I've seen some of the neighbors sell for a little bit higher. Fair enough. Well, let's set an appointment. I'll come by, take a look at the property and go over the details of the numbers. Fair enough. Or, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Right. Today at three. And then we, now we come and his objection will be, again, the number one objection in the current market right now is. I mean, my home's worth more is, is the biggest objection I'm seeing. Well, that's always the objection. Consider it's, I would sell, but I don't have a place. Oh, to I, have, I have nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have nowhere to go. So let me go back to the beginning of this role play. So Dan, if you were to move, where would you go next? Claremont or Conway. Great. What kind of home? 2,500 square feet with a bonus room. Got it. So if I could find you that home in the next week, would you consider looking? Sure. Yes. Well, all yeah. we need to do is do, 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 set an appointment. So you see the, the cycle of the current market. The, the biggest problem is the solution, Dan. The biggest problem we have is low inventory. All that means is we get to create our own inventory. Now, what if Dan liked the house? Then at that point, we said, we, you know, we make the deal. We make the deal. Now, how many homes did we just sell? What, uh, two, technically. We double-sided that, bitch, didn't we? <laughs> right? So and then we got to find see, the seller a new house. <laughs> now, we, could, we could possibly triple or quadruple side it which that's the secret of Ron the realtor, in my opinion. He doubles and triples and quadruple sides properties, one guy. So, so that, that's, that's the solution to the biggest problem in real estate right now. You know, it's funny because I, I always end these podcasts with like, hey, what's the one thing that you, you, like what's the one tip or takeaway you would give to any agent? But I think we fed them so much with that role play and that script because that <laughs> every agent's dilemma. And it actually talks about something Daniel Beer mentioned the other day. Um, uh, he, he basically said, if you're on the MLS as an agent, you're already dead. And I think this conversation 
proves that. I think this conversation, this podcast, this episode with that script shows that agents aren't doing enough. And if you're just waiting for the MLS to produce something for you, you're not doing it right. So I, yeah. I thank you, Milton. This has been amazing. I think that this has been a lot of uh, eye-opening tips for a lot of agents out there, and I'm really thrilled. So, hey, brother, I, I really appreciate you on the call. Um, I know you got a lot more prospecting to do because when you got on, I know you were on the phone. You had it muted. I saw you making yeah. calls. So I will let you get back to it, man. And uh, for those of you watching, you guys can reach out to Milton James. He's very reachable, very approachable. Um, you guys, yeah. I'll post his social media content and his tags below. And uh, with that, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care, guys.